We're here. We're here with another episode of I Can Do It. Ready? Okay, I'm ready. Witches, magic, murder, and mystery. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Five episodes in, you guys. Doing it. I'll forget it next week. It's fine. <laughs> I'll remind you. That's just who I am. It's okay. <laughs> I'm Megan. I'm Kara. And this week's story uh-huh. is I'm filing it under magic. Okay. It could also be mystery, probably. Okay. So it is about a professor who worked for Transylvania University. Okay. So I went, it's called, we'll call it Transy for short, for those of you not around here. I went to Transy for two years. Mm-hmm. And whenever I tell people that, people are like, what's it called? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Transylvania University. And yeah. then they're like, was your mascot the vampire? And, you know, all kinds of really... Hotel Transylvania. I know. I'm always like, gosh, you're the first person who's ever... I have never heard that before. <laughs> How clever you are. That is so clever. So, just because I always feel the need to make this clear. Right. Transylvania was not named for the Transylvania that's in, like, Romania. Right. The word Transylvania is Latin for across the woods, which is why... That is like trans is one of the oldest. I think it might be. I don't know. It's one of the oldest. It's older than Kentucky. Like it was established before Kentucky became a state. Yeah. And so at the time, that's how they named it because it was across the woods. And we're just sticking with it because they stuck with it. (laughs) Yes. Transylvania University is not named for vampires. Okay. Dracula did not go there. Disappointing, but that's fine. However, there is a curse. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So let us, let's talk about, um, back in the 19th century, mm-hmm. adventuring European born naturalists were all over North America. One of the best known of these like explorer, collector, publicist type people mm-hmm. is John James Audubon, which okay. you've probably heard of with, yeah. like the birds and everything. Yeah. Okay. So th- I'm about to tell you about one of those. Okay. Who is basically one of the most eccentric and I love eccentric Controversial. People. Yeah. Oh. Well, remember a few episodes ago, I talked about how I love people who are generally like they're kind of seen as jerks because yeah. they don't care about being liked. Yeah. Okay. So that's this guy. Oh. I feel like I would have liked him. Yeah. He'd be our friend. Constantine Samuel Raffinesque. Oh, okay. It's quite a name. Was one of these adventuring naturalists and he named 2,700 Genera, which is basically, it, I had to look it up. It's a biological classification of living organisms, fossils, and even viruses. He's a busy man. Yes. So he named 2,700 of them and he wrote about the idea of evolution years before Darwin. Oh. But like, he got no he recognition. Yeah. I mean, I went to Transy. I heard of Raph because of the curse, but not because like he was actually pretty impressive in all the things that he. Nobody cared about that anymore. No, no, it's no. all about the curse. No. Botanical researcher Daniel Moskin calls Raffinesque a flawed genius. He published over a thousand articles and books, lending some credibility. Okay, I, I included this quote because I just loved it. His own self-assessment that whenever I apply myself to anything which I like, I never fail to succeed <sighs> if depending on me alone, unless impeded and prevented by lack of means or the hostility of the foes of mankind. So he's just like, if I like something, I'm doing it. I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah. Unless these people get in my way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't. If I don't do it, it's clearly because somebody else is holding me back. Yeah. I love that. I just enjoy it. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So let's dig and learn about him. I'm ready. All right. Raffinesque was born in 1783 near Constantinople and was known as a polymath, which I'd never heard before. Yeah. 
And that basically just means a really smart person. It just means he's really, really smart in a lot of different areas. So they had to come up with big words. Too. Yeah, like you can't just call him a really smart person. Yeah, he's not intelligent. He's a polymath. He's so smart, right, that it takes a complicated word. <laughs> he excelled in various fields of knowledge as a zoologist, botanist, writer, and mm, polyglot. Oh. I should have looked up what that word means. I, okay. <laughs> he wrote prolifically on such diverse topics as anthropology, biology, geology, and linguistics. Good grief. But was honored in none of these fields what? during his lifetime. So he was basically an outcast in the American scientific community, and his submissions were automatically rejected by leading journals. Like, he was just... He was too out there for them. Yeah, and he was not liked. He oh. was not easy to like, which Poor is probably Betty. part of the problem. At least back then. Yeah. When he was 12, he began collecting plants. And by 14, he had taught himself Greek and Latin so he could read the footnotes in the books that he read from his grandmother's libraries. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I know. For the most part, he was self-educated. And he arrived in Philadelphia at age 19 and began to work in the mercantile house of the Clifford Brothers. So for two years, he roamed the woods and fields from Pennsylvania to Virginia, and he created collections of plants and he developed. I want to do that. I know. Like, can you imagine what it was like? I mean, look at all the plants that we have here. Yeah. You guys don't know this. Maybe we should do a we should do a video a tour. tour. Yeah. Um, because we're we record every week in Kara's shop, and she sells plants at her shop. So there's always just this magical assortment. It's like a little jungle. It's the best. I love it so much. Um, just plants everywhere. But back in his day, it's like every plant was new. That's why he yes. named 2,700. And he's like, I'll take a cutting here. I'll yeah. take a cutting here. And I'm going to name it whatever I want. Yeah. yeah. I just love it. So he, and he also during that time developed correspondence with other naturalists. How cool. During this time, he applied to be a part of the Lewis and Clark expedition, but was twice turned down by President Thomas Jefferson. Oh. <laughs> so again, he said, well, nobody was helping him. You're not welcome here. These are all the people holding him back that he mentioned earlier. He returned to Europe in 1805 and spent the next decade in Sicily. And during this time, his first scientific books were published. He spent the time studying the natural history of plants and fish. Oh. Then, in 1815, he came back to the United States. Okay. And when he arrived in the United States, he was shipwrecked at Long Island and lost all his collections and his unpublished manuscripts. Yes. (laughs) And then, he was the very first member of the first season of Jersey Shore. (laughs) Jim Tan Laundry. (laughs) But yeah, like he lost all of his stuff, That's like so all sad. his collections and his unpublished manuscripts. Can Dang. you imagine? Oh my God. Can you imagine if you've been working on a manuscript for years and then oh it- Oh my God. It's gone in the ocean. Yeah. You can't save that on a jump drive. Yeah. Everybody go right now and back up all your documents. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Do it because he couldn't. Do yep. it for the ones who came before you. Do it because everybody held him back. <laughs> uh, he stayed in New York for three years, and then he took a trip down the Ohio River to start a new collection. And on this trip, he Is began... Is where the, all those giant, crazy-looking catfish came from? He brought Ohio, them, He probably With did. all the weird eyes. They, like, were... they have extra fins. <laughs> I need you to... I... <laughs> here, like here's what they would never catfish. discussed. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I'm terrified of catfish. Really? I think they are the scariest. I And then, <laughs> so when we would go to like Lake Cumberland and uh-huh. Harrington Lake and there's all these stories of giant catfish yes. down by the dam uh-huh. and where catfish will eat anything. Oh, yeah. They're dirty fish. They're gross and they're huge. They're massive. And their mouths are huge. And they make these weird like gulping noises. I don't like them. I don't <laughs> like them. Okay. I 
don't like being in water where I can't see what's brushing up against me. Oh, I same. Think that like one's gonna like try to. No, I don't. Get because it's probably a catfish yeah. who will eat you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Like when I go water skiing, which I haven't done in years, and I I'm not Same. very good at it. But there, but you know, when you fall down when you're water skiing, the boat is gone, and you're yes, just there you're in stuck. the middle of the lake with water skis attached to you. Oh, uh, you can't move, <laughs> and you can, there's probably catfish all over the place. Okay, they're gonna get you. I oh hate god, it. oh god, oh god. I hate it. But Raffinesque probably named a bunch of them. You're he right. He probably did. Okay, so <laughs> he went down the Ohio River. Uh-huh. And he, on this trip, he began the first comprehensive study of fish in the river. He made it down to Henderson, Kentucky, and he stayed eight days with John James Audubon, who I mentioned uh-huh. earlier. John James Jingleheimer. That, that's yeah. him. Of uh, that visit, I don't think that's actually That's him. not him at The 33 year old Audubon <laughs> wrote. Okay, this is a hilarious story. I love it. Get ready. Just just close okay, your eyes and imagine what he's... I'm ready. Picture. I'm ready. We had all retired to rest. Every person was in deep slumber, except for myself, when all of a sudden I heard a great uproar in the naturalist's room, which I also think was funny. We the called it just the naturalist's room. The naturalist's. And he he's talking about Raffinesque, guys. Okay, yeah. so he heard a big uproar in Raffinesque's room. I got up, reached this place in a few moments, opened the door, when, <laughs> to my astonishment... I saw my guest running about the room, around the room naked. Oh my God, I love it. Holding the, <laughs> that's all I need. That's all I need. <laughs> holding the handle of my favorite violin, the body of which he had battered to pieces against the walls in an attempt to kill the bats which had entered the open window. <laughs> I stood amazed. <laughs> Same. When he continued jumping and running around and around until he was fairly exhausted, when he begged me to procure one of the animals for him, as he felt convinced that they belonged to a new species. So this was all about, again, collecting a new species. With a violin. He said, although I was convinced of the contrary, I took up the bow of my demolished violin and administering a smart tap to each of the bats as it came up, soon got specimens enough. (laughs) So he's just in there with his bow like... It's like flying. There's one. There's two. Yeah. Just enough to make it go unconscious. This is what like er the earliest video games were like. Yes. Duck hunt. (laughs) Same. This is the earliest duck hunt. Bat hunt. Raffinesque apparently had better luck capturing bat specimens when he visited Mammoth Cave in South Central Kentucky. There he doctored them with. There. (laughs) He didn't have a violin. Oars, probably. (laughs) There he documented what is now known as the Raffinesque long-eared bat. So it's still called that. And the what cave passage, like? I, they have very long ears. Yeah, that's what I know about They're that. They're eccentric bats. <laughs> the cave passage where he found the bats is named Raffinesque Hall in his okay. honor. In 1818, he was appointed professor of botany and natural science at mm-hmm. Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky. And he soon established, established a reputation as a brilliant teacher. His eight years at Transy were among his most productive. He published scientific names, both locally and in Europe, for thousands of plants and hundreds of animals. He became really interested in prehistoric Indian sites, and he identified oh. 148 of them in Kentucky alone, and also in Indian languages, leading to his preservation of the Wallum Olam, the epic of the migration of the Delaware Indians. Oh. So, like, he was just interested in everything. Everything. Yeah. He's a lot like me and you. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's why our podcast has so many names. (laughs) (laughs) Which is magic, murder, and mystery. And mystery. So one of the notes... One of the articles I read about him, they talked about, they listed all these professional accomplishments. Uh Because right now, like I've mentioned to you that he was a controversial guy. Yeah. But really, you haven't and seen ran naked that yet. capturing bats. There's that one little story. That's fine. But <laughs> up until then, it's just like, here's all his accomplishments. And then it said his personal life was erratic, <laughs> which I was oh. like, oh, tell me more. Tell me all about it. Okay. Throughout his tenure at Transy, Raffinesque was plagued by quarrels with colleagues. And rumor has it that he became the lover of Mary Austin Holly, okay. wife of the school's president, the Ooh. Reverend Horace Holly. Oh, um, according to <laughs> according to Mrs. Holly, Raffinesque was known for drawing quick sketches of people at various events. Draw me like one of your <laughs> <laughs> like one of your French girls. <laughs> one being a sketch of Marquis de Lafayette during his visit to Lexington in 1825. So I went and googled like what did I miss? Raffin- <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> what did I miss? Um, God, I love him He's so much. He's my favorite. Is like my favorite character in the whole yeah. in the whole Hamilton. Yes. Okay. <laughs> side note. Definite, <laughs> definite sidebar, guys. Yeah. Okay. So I googled Raffinesque sketches because I just wondered about yeah. it, but it makes sense because as a naturalist, he was constantly sketching the different things right. he discovered yeah. to keep record of it. Yeah. There's a listing at like if you Google online, there's like a collection of eight sketches, and one of them is of Lafayette oh. for twenty three thousand dollars. Oh my jeez! I know. Probably I mean, apparently Transy's library has a big collection of Raffinesque's things. You'll learn more about this later. But basically, you know, he was not treated well during his lifetime. Like, uh-huh. people didn't respect him. They didn't give him credit for things. Right. And it seems like Transy has tried to do better, like, by collecting all his works, yeah. collecting his sketches, and sort of giving him a little more recognition. Yeah. He left Transylvania after a quarrel with Holly, the president. Mm-hmm. In the spring of 1826, because Holly didn't like Raffinesque's, this, this is my own edition, ready? <laughs> because Holly didn't like Raffinesque's very in-depth study of his wife, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Some versions of the story say he was fired, others say he walked out. Either way, it is said that Raffinesque took his belongings and left Transy on his way out, cursing both the university and Holly in an ancient dead language. Oh. Damn thee and thy school as I place a curse upon you. So that's the story. That, okay. Here's what yeah, That's all it takes to place a curse. Oh, I know. <laughs> so I'm many, like, well, I could curse a lot of people. I got so many things to do later. <laughs> he, but he's a polymath. So he probably knows yeah. the best way to curse anybody. Right. Because those polymaths are <laughs> few and far between. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo. Uh-huh. T-Y. M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so bright. Handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCA 
age anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay, so I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly, wavy hair. So it was a huge game changer for me. It dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny, which I noticed immediately. Mm -hmm. I didn't even need to straighten it afterwards. And usually I do because usually I have all those wild like curls left over. The wind power on this thing is intense. It's wild. Like I turned it up. I was like, let's play with these buttons. Okay. So it has three magnetic styling attachments. They're all amazing. You know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's going to be so tangled. Not with this one. And it's magnetic. So it's great. So right now, you guys, our listeners can get 30% off their first order at timobeauty.com. T-Y-M-O beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Menopausal and perimenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones, so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at buywinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com for 25% off. Winona, menopause care made easy. Here's what Raph's own autobiography says about the curse. Returning from a trip to Philadelphia in 1825, he found his rooms in the college had been broken open. One had been given to students and his collections and books were in disarray. Raffinesque blamed the violation on Holly's hatred against sciences. And he wrote, I took lodgings in town and carried there all my effects, thus leaving the college with curses on it and Holly. So that is life. That's a little case that other moves on him. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, he did say, I left the college with curses on it, like in his own autobiography. Yeah. And then Holly, okay. After that, President Holly was ousted from power by his own board. <gasps> oh. And a year after he left Transy, he died of yellow fever. Oh. Then two years after that, curse you, the Transylvania administration building, which is called Old Morrison, was uh-huh. destroyed in a fire. Oh, no. Yeah. It's still called with Morrison. They've rebuilt it now three times. Jeez. Or, I'm sorry. They built it once and then rebuilt it twice. Yeah. Okay. So that administration building was rebuilt, but it caught on fire again in 1969. Oh. He moved to Philadelphia from there. Okay. And he basically finished out the rest of his life in the United States and became a naturalized U.S. citizen. Some of the things, like just talking again about his accomplishments, Mm -hmm. he was, he believed that each variety of a species is a deviant, which through reproduction may become a permanent species. So that basically, if you think about that for a second, 
each deviant um, through reproduction may become a permanent species. That right. is evolution. Yeah. So <clears throat> he was one of the very first early users of the term evolution to refer to a species changing over time. And mm-hmm. for context, this was in 1832 when the young Charles Darwin was still exploring South America. So if he he did it first. You yes. know what? His transcripts <laughs> didn't wash away. Darwin found them. Oh, that's what it is. Yep. Solve that know. conspiracy. Now we know. Yep. Although Raffinesque's scientific abilities were recognized in his lifetime, he was also severely criticized for sometimes doing careless work and his tendency to establish new genre and or genera and species. He was what is known as a splitter, meaning mm. he saw variations within species as evidence of different species. Oh. Yeah. So remember earlier when I said he'd named something like 2,700 yeah. genera? Um, only 50 to 60% of those are still in use. Like, I think they figured out that, like, those weren't all different species. Oh. They were okay. just, you know. Basically, he was just too much for the emerging <laughs> he was a lot botany handle. and natural histo- history establishment, and they turned against him. Jeez. So this reputation for being kind of a difficult guy yeah. lasted well into the 20th century. More recent historians and botanists have been kinder. He Had he had, this is what Moskin, that guy I spoke about earlier, uh-huh. he said, had he more credibility with his peers... His ideas on the formation of new genera and species may have invited additional exploration from other brilliant biological minds of the time, perhaps advancing the science of evolutionary biology by decades. Jeez. So they think we still would have got there, but we'd have got there quicker. Yeah. If we, we paid more attention. Yeah. He traveled extensively, collected specimens wherever he went, and wrote and published constantly. He authored more than 950 publications on natural history, oh banking, economics, the Bible, and verse telling you everything. He died of cancer in Philadelphia in 1840 and was buried in a potter's field in Philadelphia. In the 1920s, uh-huh. the cemetery containing his remains was set to be destroyed. Oh. And as I mentioned, you know, Transy kind of came around to the idea that right. this was a valuable, like, yeah, he was person a man. and deserves some respect. So they didn't, when they heard that this was going to happen, they said, we are going to go get his remains and bring them back Stop. to Transy. So they After excavated. After cursed them. I know. That's what I think is so funny. So it's like they excavated the gravesite and brought him back to Transy. And they placed him in a tomb under the steps of the now rebuilt Old Morrison. So this was, it burned down the first time. Uh-huh. And then it was rebuilt. They put him in a tomb underneath the steps. Were okay. they like, it's not going to burn down again if he's in it? Right. Except it did. Oh, God. Oh. When, when it burned in 1969, it said it gutted every room except for the one where his tomb <gasps> is. I know. Oh, he said, I'm closer, guys. This <laughs> is a mistake. But I also think they, like, they're like, they brought him back to try to appease him from uh-huh. the curse. And I'm like, but he hated you. He, he, didn't, he yeah. doesn't want to spend his eternity at Trinity. No, no. So. You all are just trying to get rid of your own curse. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fix it. So I did see, I found an article that described like what the tomb is like, uh-huh. which you're allowed to go in. You can take a tour and, and visit. But after unlocking an unmarked door set flush in the corridor wall of a building called Old Morrison, which is that administration building that's uh-huh. burned down three times, twice. No, it burned down twice. <laughs> <laughs> the guides slowly pushes back two creaking iron grills to reveal a cubicle room with no windows dimly lit by indirect light. The dusty concrete floor and peeling plaster of this room is in sharp contrast with the fresh paint, polished brass, and gleaming pegged floors elsewhere in the building. It's an above-ground tomb, which is completely covered by what appears to be a stone slab, and the tomb slab contains the inscription, Honor to whom honor is overdue. 
Oh. Which that's nice, I think. Yeah. Like I said, in 1969, it burned down again and every room except for the one with his tomb was destroyed. That's crazy. It's now been rebuilt again. Okay. Um, do you know where Old Morrison is? If you go yeah. down by Gratz Park. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, if you're local guys, you go to Gratz Park. It's the one that has like all the steps. It's white. It has all the steps leading up to it. Mm-hmm. And around Halloween is when they do pumpkin mania. Yes. And they have like hundreds of hand carved pumpkins mm-hmm. on the steps of Old Morrison. So that's under those steps is where his tomb is. It's You're still stepping there. on it. <laughs> so here's what we've learned since then. In the cemetery in Philadelphia was where Rack was originally buried. Bodies were buried six deep. He died in poverty. It was a potter's field. So in the 84 years between the time he was buried and the time that they excavated his body and brought it to Transy, uh-huh. three other bodies were buried on top of his. So we don't know that this was It's him. not him. <gasps> <laughs> so they basically, because like, they oh, do. Oh, no. They were able to look at an autopsy report yeah. of when he died. He died of cancer. And they know from that autopsy report that his skull shouldn't have been intact. So there's things about it that they look at the autopsy report and then they look at the remains and they're like, this is not him. (gasps) So they've done their best to try to figure out who it Mm -hmm. is. And they think the remains actually belong to a woman named Mary Passamore. Wait, don't women have different pelvic bones? Well, I don't know. And I don't know how much. So I saw another, because I kind of wondered that too. Like, how would you not know? But I think... He had been dead for a long time. Right. And I don't know. I think they just thought this is the plot where he was buried. Right. That's him. Let's you know what I mean? Let's just take this body. Without taking into account. Let's take this skeleton. How many are down there? Right. Wow. Guys, we don't want to dig anymore. I'm just going to. This, this is him. This one on this top. I'm him. pretty sure is it. <laughs> it's, you know, it may look a little, little small. Right. It's fine. It's fine. So. We've seen him naked. It's okay. <laughs> He jumps around chasing bats with the violin. Um, so, like I said, I had heard of him because I was a student at Trinity. Right. And it's like a, it's a thing. Like, there was a cafe on campus called the Rafskeller, which it's mm-hmm. not there anymore, but it was there when I was there. And it was just sort of known about this, yeah. this story. And the, we have like, it's the Transylvania Pioneers is the mascot, mm-hmm. but the unofficial mascot is affectionately called Raff, and it's the Raffinesque's figured bat. Oh. <laughs> and instead of a typical homecoming week, students at Transy celebrate Raff Week in honor of Raffinesque. Students Do they go around with violins in no. bats? But, you know, maybe we should. I think we need to start. Maybe they just don't know the story. Maybe that's an event we should have at the coffee shop. <laughs> Raff Week. <laughs> students celebrate the creepy legacy of Raffinesque by holding a raffle for students to sleep in his tomb <gasps> and through Pumpkin Media, which I talked about yeah. earlier. So, supposedly, the curse strikes every seven years. But when I look at the timing of things that happen, uh-huh. that doesn't really seem to no. be true. I think that's just, you know, lore. People right. want there to be like a also, every seven be, years. Why would it be seven? Like, he know. hated them so much. It's probably all the time. I mean, well, so that's the thing. So, we have what happened to Holly, where mm-hmm. he lost his job and died of yellow fever. Yeah. Then Old Morrison burned down twice the second mm-hmm. time his tomb wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. In the but 1960s. But now they've replaced his body in a tomb with a woman. It's not even him. No. So that's not helping appease him at all. But it would have appeased him anyway. Because no. he hated you. He hated it. So now he's just laughing at him. He's like, suckers. In the 1960s, a transy student named Betty Gail Brown was mysteriously killed in her car in front of Old Morrison. <gasps> I've read about that. Yeah. Her bra was used yes. as a strangling device, but medical pr- records say she was not molested in any way and nothing of note in her car was stolen. Yes. Okay, I went down a rabbit hole on this. Yeah, to try. I started to one day. Well, there's not a... No. So, 
for one, they don't, they still never have figured out who killed her. No, it's an unsolved mystery. There is a guy, I can't think of his name, Nolan Ray George, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, He was suspected. He's a local serial killer who I think was in like Ohio, Kentucky, and Virginia. Oh. And so I was like, oh, I'll do an episode on him. No, No. but he, he strangled women with their undergarments. Oh, okay. And it seems like he was a serial killer who operated in the like late 60s. Oh. But wasn't convicted of anything until right, like the 2000s well they've there. convicted him he's in he's in prison now but like there's just nothing out there about him i couldn't yeah. do an episode on him but maybe on one of our lives i can talk because i did i do have like some research yeah. on him it's just not enough for a full episode yeah in the 80s a workman fell to his death while repairing the gymnasium i remember roof. that yeah I remember and people about that. when that happened they talk about the curse of rapidness uh-huh. and then while i was there our freshman year i had to i messaged a few of my freshman year friends to ask because i was like was this our freshman year or our sophomore year yeah but there was this thing we all called it the transy plague i love it and it was on the news like it's just everybody got everybody got sick and i got sick like i had to go to the hospital a bunch of people and it was the weirdest thing when um i remember first of all you heard about it for about 24 hours before i got it but it was like everybody's just sick they're just really bad stomach virus super super dehydrated and so Finally, like once it hit me, our, my RA was like, you need to go to yeah. the hospital. So we went and they had already, we went to the closest hospital and they knew when I walked in and, and said like, I'm from Transy and they were like, oh, okay. Cause they had so many of our students <gasps> oh there. My gosh. And when I walked through the ER, they had them like several, like there were multiple students in one like bay. Oh you know yeah. What I mean? um, and the lights were off cause everybody's asleep. But they were just like pumping you full of fluids because yeah. you got so sick in such a short period of time yeah. that we were all dehydrated. And so, yeah, I mean, I didn't have to stay overnight, but they kept me there. But it was just like right. one of those weird things that I read an article that was like, there are weird things that happen on campus. There's illnesses that happen uh-huh. here that don't happen anywhere else. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that. Was the transy the plague. plague. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Was it the curse? Um, yeah. They, they never did figure out. They ended up saying it must have been a staph infection that, that the whole student body got basically it's <laughs> crazy but um they never really did figure out what it was or what caused it what? and then everybody just got better yeah i know huh. weird so, that's wild so maybe if you guys hadn't been jerks to raffinesque back in the day i wouldn't have gotten sick mm. yeah <laughs> yeah the whole student body wouldn't have had <laughs> yeah. stomach problems if you went to transy in 1998 and got the transy plague please tell us please tell us about it send us a message at the uh witches magic murder mystery yep. gmail.com so good. twice yep. twice so in one episode. good i remember the name so but yeah that's the story of rap it's so good and his curse i, I love eccentric people so much i do too well i just like the whole thing of like he placed this curse and then they brought his body back and then yeah, it's the wrong it's body. The like wrong there's just body. so much insanity to that story. And, like they created a tomb for it and everything. Like, Oh, we're going to honor him. We're honor to the, whom honor is honor overdue. And to this woman. I wonder who she was. I know. Like she was just tossed in a grave. She was in a potter's field. So she. Yeah. Was in poverty. And do they keep books of that? I'm sure they do. I mean, somehow they were able to connect her name to that yeah. grave, you know? Somehow they know it's her. Let's figure out who she was. Yeah, because she's being, she's got a really nice she's resting place. dedicated <laughs> to her. Yeah. Wow. So that's it. That's great. 
Do you know what your next episode's going to be about? I don't yet. There's a couple floating around in my head. Yeah. I'm trying to trying to figure it out. Yeah, I'm the same. I have a few that I'm looking into. Yeah. It's the whole thing of trying to find, because, you know, we both listen to a million yeah. podcasts. And it's like, I want to find a story that hasn't been told a million times. Right. Yeah. Same. But then also finding stories like that. That there's enough to do a full episode about. Yes, that's because hard. some stuff you're like, oh my gosh, this is it, and then you're like, where does this go? Right. This I don't know where this yeah. went. This is like a ten second thing. Uh, so if you all have suggestions of anything, yeah, email us that. Like you I have said, favorite stories, local lore. Yeah, it doesn't have to be Kentucky related. No. If you just have like a little known story that you think would be interesting for people to hear, yeah. let us know. But we are super interested in Kentucky ones, especially. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just creepy knowing you. Yeah. You're around it and you're like, oh, that happened? Yeah. Ooh. That's here? That's Down this gonna, street? We're going to, oh, okay. <laughs> That's happening. All right. So you can find us on Instagram at Witches Magic Murder Mystery. Mm-hmm. And then you can find Kara at, at Oak and Maine. And you can find you at Megan underscore Whitmer. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Please yes. subscribe, yeah. share it with your share friends. Share with all the friends. Share our page on Instagram with your friends. Yeah. Leave us a review. Um, if you could take a few minutes, it doesn't have to be some big, amazing work of art. But if yeah. you could just take a few minutes and write a few words about even what you like, it, that'd be great. Even if it's like, you know, this isn't my style, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still would appreciate it's, that. Uh, you're, you could, you could <laughs> even say... I don't know about the podcast, but Megan and Kara. They're great. They're real great. They're great. That's I like all them. We need. I like them a lot. That's what that's you can all say. We need. Five stars. <laughs> yep. Just yeah. As long as you hit five stars and then leave something. Yeah. As long as you don't tell us you hate us. That's okay. Yeah, that's the important thing to know. Yeah, we don't want to know. If you hate us, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You guys have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.